with the Environment in Focus, I'm Tom Pelton. I was walking through the Charles Village neighborhood in Baltimore, and after passing blocks of row houses, I was in the cool shade of a wooded park called the Wyman Park Dell. Just beyond the park was a grove of trees, and hidden among the trees, just beyond the stately formal lawn of the Johns Hopkins University admissions office, were three tents. There, out of sight, a group of homeless people had been living, apparently for months, with clotheslines, tables, a heap of trash bags, and a makeshift outhouse. One of the residents of this tent village is Robert Baker. He's a 37-year-old former diesel mechanic who said he started living outside last year after he was hospitalized with COVID and nearly died from the disease. After being released, he was fired from his job, so received no unemployment, and then lost his apartment just before a national moratorium on evictions. So now he lives in a tent. The neighbors do call the cops every now and then because they don't like us being over here. But uh, we've actually been in contact with a guy from the mayor's office. I have his card right here. And he told us that this is state-owned land, so they're not allowed to tell us to leave. Camping permanently in Baltimore is not like being on vacation. It definitely has its setbacks. You know, there's, there's the downsides to everything. If it's a really heavy rainstorm, I just got this tent. My last one, even with all the tarps and everything, somehow water was still getting into it. So I woke up one day, and it was before I got this mattress. My other mattress was flooded. All of my clothes, like my clothes over here, a lot of them are still wet from the last rain. Baker said he works, making about $100 a week, cleaning trash from the parking lot of a Dollar General store. But he said it's been hard for him to find a full-time job because one night while he was off going to the bathroom, someone stole his book bag containing his computer, driver's license, and everything else. It's a lot harder to get a job when you're homeless. And that's one thing that I've been struggling with. Plus, I don't have an ID right now. My wallet got stolen from me. So I got to work on getting the ID, social security card, birth certificate, all that good stuff again. Right, it's tough to get a job without a driver's license. Yeah, social yeah. Security it's impossible to get a job without a driver's license, or at least an ID. So he's been trapped in a bureaucratic nightmare with no documentation to get an ID, no real address, and no way out of the woods. But he is not alone. Nan Roman, president of the National Alliance to End Homelessness, said tent cities like this began popping up all over America when the COVID pandemic struck. This was in part because of all the layoffs, but also because the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention told homeless shelters to start turning away people because of social distancing guidelines, Roman said. The CDC had given them guidance about how far apart the cots needed to be spaced. And a lot of shelters around the country reduced their capacity, had their capacity reduced because of that. And the shelters decompressed, they call it, and just put people out onto the street because they didn't have any alternative. Some cities, like Baltimore and Los Angeles, have been trying to clear away these tent cities from parks and public areas. But taking down tents won't take away the desperation that all too often remains out of sight even on the edges of the lawns and parks of the wealthiest nation in the world. With the environment in focus, I'm Tom Pelton of the Environmental Integrity Project, author of The Chesapeake in Focus, 
This program is sponsored by the Abel Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own.